This is episode 63. Hello and thank you for listening. I'm Sean Boyd. In this episode of All Hazards, we chat with three members of a delegation from a high level of Australia's emergency management leadership. They are visiting Cal OES for strategic discussions on how both California and Australian representatives coordinate and respond to disasters. And that includes sharing best practices, gaps, and lessons learned, as well as how they work with other first responders and local, state, and government officials. So let's get right into it. From our Office of Public Information in Sacramento, California, right now. So in this episode of All Hazards, we are honored here to have a delegation of eight senior emergency officials, emergency management officials, who have traveled a very long way to come here to California and to Cal OES um, to discuss really how California um, basically operates as an emergency response and recovery operation. And these folks uh, come from a, a variety of agencies from around Australia. And uh, let me introduce them to you. We have Andrew Crisp, who is the commissioner for the emergency management uh, of Victoria. We also have John Gibbon, who is the Assistant Secretary, Disaster Recovery Emergency Management Australia. And we have Wendy Graham, who is the Director of Resilience and Recovery, New South Wales Office of Emergency Management. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. Thank I you. really thank appreciate you. it. We here. always look forward to having you folks here. We have a, an MOU, a Memorandum of Understanding that we signed with uh, Victoria back in uh, 2015, mm. I do believe. And uh, that was a momentous occasion. We all enjoyed having you here then, and we enjoy having you here now. So uh, let me get started by just asking a real simple question. What is the purpose of your visit this time around? So, so the purpose of the, of, 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 the, of the visit this time around is really to learn from California about how they manage catastrophic disasters, particularly in light of the 2018 wildfires that occurred in California. Um, we're here to uh, listen and learn around how preparations are undertaken, the response activity, and also the recovery activity to that, to that, to that, and other disasters. The the wildfires that you referred to, being uh, a partner with California, uh, you probably had your eye on this one, mm. right? The the wildfires were obviously some of the worst that California has ever seen. Mm. You folks have your own mm. issues with wildfires. It sounds to me like you, and you said it. You hope to learn from us and what we may have learned mm. as well over this uh, past wildfire, two wildfire seasons, I would say. What have you learned so far? Uh, your visit isn't complete, but what have you learned so far? What is sort of the biggest takeaway? I, I guess from, um, from my perspective, and, and I've, I've learned a lot. Um, again, I've only been in my, my role for about eight months, so oh. I've come across from a law enforcement background, so moving into fire and broader emergency services. So whilst, whilst we've learned in terms of the presentations we've, we've received, I, I think the, the starting point for me is actually the, the relationship piece. And you mentioned the MOU between California or Cal OES and, and um, Victoria. So it, it's been really important for me to get here to, to, to meet, to Mark and, and others that have been involved in, in that relationship over a number of years and, and to do whatever, whatever I can to actually build on that and further develop that, that relationship in, in years to come. In terms of specifics, and it, but it's it's really interesting because, again, uh, given our experiences in Australia around um, emergencies, and, and if we want to talk wildfire or we, we talk about bushfire, um, even though at times we're not learning something new, if the same thing is, is actually being done, it's sort of also validating 
what, what we're putting into practice in, in our own states um, back back in Australia. But again, we we are, we are really looking forward to the opportunity to to travel out tomorrow and and to go to the scenes of, of some of the some of the fires to see how it all comes together. Wendy, how about you? Look, I think for me, the discussions around recovery in particular have been very enriching. There's a couple of things. One of them is uh, we we are on completely separate sides of the world, but the similarities in the complexity around recovery are so similar. And some of those conversations have been particularly rich because what we know is that recovery is so complex and so long and a whole of community recovery requires a whole of com community engagement. And one of the things that, that you are particularly turning your minds to is not just how we recover from disasters, but how we prepare to mm. recover. Oh. Because we can no longer keep being surprised when disasters happen. We need to be in a position where we've pre we are prepared to recover from events that we know will occur. And so those discussions in particular, uh, I think for, for all of us have been particularly enriching because it is complex, because communities are complex. Right, right. Name, if you would, uh, one of the more recent, um, significant, notable disasters that you folks have faced. Is so, there any one that stands out? So, so, so mm. in, in, the, in the last season, in, in 2018, 2019, uh, Australia experienced quite a, quite a significant and challenging uh, season. We, we had uh, floods in North Queensland where 500,000 cattle drowned or, 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 or died as, as, as a result of those, those floods, which came after a seven year period of drought. We had wildfires in Tasmania, which started in December and is still burning today. And also in Victoria, where, where, where the commissioner is from. Uh, and we've also um, had some significant fires in New South Wales as well. So it's been a serious season in terms of flooding as well as, as bushfires. Uh, were there human lives lost in these? Uh, Fortunately, well, in, in, in terms of, of North Queensland, there was one or two people drowned. So, so, the, so, so the, the loss of life, while, while regrettable, was, was minimal across those disasters. So with what you've experienced in recent years, specific to the one you were talking about, do you see any parallels between what you are engaging and what California has been engaging? Do you see any parallels there? Uh, yeah, look around the, the. It's been interesting discussion, discussing the, the fires here in California the last couple of years, and 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 it was mentioned there, there was no loss of life without the wildfires, the bushfires we had in Victoria uh, over the last summer. We had you know nearly five thousand fires, a lost number of homes in some of those fires. But I'd suggest that the reason that we we didn't lose lives is because um, we are so focused on on pushing out um, emergency warnings as as quickly as we can, and we've 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 had to learn as California's had to learn and is continuing to learn. Back in 2009, we, we had fires that where 173 people lost their lives in our state. Mm -hmm. and, and again, um, emergency warnings were, were non-existent in those days. So it's, you know, for all of us, it's, a, it's actually about, we talk about lessons learned, it's only a lessons, lesson learned if you don't do it again. And so critically for us, warnings are uh, such an important part of, of what we do. Describe, if you would, the, the kind of uh, territory that uh, challenges your your emergency response officials. Is it uh, is it all bush? Do you have an urban wildland interface? Mm -hmm. What do you face? 
Well, we, 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 when speaking just from, from a Victorian perspective, you know, we're a relatively small state, one of the smallest in, in the country, but, but in terms of bushfire risk, we're in the top three in the world. And, and so it, it's all of what you said. So that it's at your bush, but um, we're, a, we're a growing state, growing in population. Our, our capital city is growing. So it is that, that, that urban um, rural interface, which prevents uh, significant challenges around, particularly around grass fires, fast moving grass fires. But we still have bush and we still have forest and we, you know, we, we have those other significant fires as it, well. It appears to me that you face uh, a similar challenge in trying to get the word out uh, ahead of the fires, ahead of any disaster, really, for those folks who are way off mm. out in the rural area that maybe are separated from technology for communication. Uh, is that something you've had to, to face and mm. confront? Yeah, look, yeah. And definitely. And um, the, the coverage is so much better now in getting those warnings out. But, but again, it's, it's also about... Um, it's about understanding communities. And, and, and we say in Victoria, we, we live with fire, our communities live with fire. So it's about ensuring that those relationships are strong between um, local fire, law enforcement and, and other agencies. Um, it, it's, all, it's all about working together. We've had communities that have been threatened by fire um, for, for up to two months in our state. But it, again, there's, there's those really good relationships. They understand the warnings that are, that are coming out. Um, but again, it, in, you know, Wendy touched on it, and you know, one particular fire. You know, I know nothing in comparison to what happened in California in the last couple of years, but we lost 39 homes. So relatively short and sharp to deal with the response, but you know, the, the recovery is is ongoing, and we know that's where there is such a significant impact. But again, in our state. I'd like to think that we've also learnt from 2009 when we lost all those lives. But it's it's the hard work. It's you know I went to a community meeting and I'm I'm standing there talking to people that have lost their homes and and they're 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 quite they're they're understandably they're they're angry. They're, they're, some are quite aggressive. You know why didn't you do more to save my home? So but you, we we understand that and we we work with community and local government in terms of how we work our way through that. But that's the challenging part. And I'm curious too, how does the population view the role of the Australian government? Maybe it's at the, at the national level all the way down to the local level. How do they view the government's role in, in responsibility, not only in protecting their individual homes, but as we go into recovery? Um, are those folks expecting the local uh, and even national governments to pick up the tab? Uh, yeah, which well, happens here quite a mm, bit. Well, well, certainly the, the parallel is is uh, in in Australia as here in, in the in the United States. We have a federated system, a national government, and and where state and state governments, where state governments have uh, have uh, responsibilities uh, for for emergency management, and uh, and and certainly when there's a disaster, what, what we've experienced this season is speed to market in terms of getting the, that recovery resource out there, in, particularly in relief, has been paramount. From, from from our political leadership to really make sure that we get the funding out and get the uh, support that's required out there as quickly as possible, but also look to the long, longer term recovery. What else needs to be done? How do we map this out over the over the over the next 12 months, two years, five years, ten years to make sure these communities can fully recover to the stage where where they're functioning and they're more resilient than they were prior to the event. Mm. Yeah, go ahead. And part of our, our work with communities is in preparedness uh, and building resilience in preparedness. Mm. So conversations with people about how they can be prepared. Um, and that's about actually managing expectations of what government 
can and can't do as well. And it's a really important part of the conversation. And the other thing that we know is in order for those conversations to be effective, it's not just at the warning stage when a fire is coming. It's integrating those conversations into people's everyday life. Emergency management shouldn't be a separate discussion to any other part of a discussion that somebody is having with a, a local community organisation or any part of you know, their, their own preparedness for any other aspect of their life. It's about making this part of normal conversation. It is, and it sounds like uh, you have faced uh, political obstacles in getting the funding or possibly continuing the funding that you need uh, to meet your responsibilities, right? Because we, uh, as you know, everybody is mm. always trying to get more money, mm. more resources. Mm. Uh, does politics get in the way at all there? Is that a, a question that you can answer? <laughs> no, we'll move on. <laughs> okay. Uh, look, you know, all governments have priority. Well, they, yeah. there's only so much mm. money and there are priorities. Mm. And, and it's, it's up to us to, to continue to work with, with government at, at all levels yeah, in terms yeah. of how we can best support our, our communities. Mm -hmm. But again, there's so, you know, as Wendy's touched on uh, um, and quite strongly, that th there's a lot that community can do that actually doesn't cost mm -hmm. a lot of money. It's mm -hmm. about how you become a, you know, a, more, a better connected, a more resilient community. It's about taking on your own personal responsibility. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. right. To yeah. save yourself first and your family and then hopefully everything else yeah. will sort of fall into place. Yeah. Very That's much a right. shared responsibility. That's right. The other thing that we know is that the better connected communities are, the better that they will recover. So as important as it is in investing in mitigation me measures around critical infrastructure, it mm. is just as important in investing in, in activities that promote social capital. Because we know that from the research now, the focus on social capital is just as important as a focus on rebuilding roads and bridges. Well put, well put. So um, at this particular point, what do you hope to to learn from this point forward? You said you were going out to some of the, the areas that have been devastated yeah. by these fires. What do you hope to gather there? Uh, I guess I'll be, well, I, I think we might be speaking to community members or that, that opportunity. Again, the opportunity to listen firsthand to, to people's experiences and, and where they are at this particular point in relation to their recovery. Uh, you know, I, I guess some of the logistics around how you um, how you accommodate uh, large numbers of people that have had you know had their homes burnt down. So what what do you do? What what sort of infrastructure do you set up to support and then to support them mm. in terms of their psychological well-being? Mm. Okay. Yes, I think it's that for us the learnings is really around the size and scale mm. and mm -hmm. how you've managed that because in Australia we haven't had events that have impacted the the populations of people that you have managed here. But the potential is there. The potential oh, yeah. is there and we cannot be and are not complacent about that potential. And effectively, that that's why we're here and that's why these conversations have been so valuable. Okay, any final thoughts that you folks wanna get out there before we let you go? Well, I think that um, the, the California OES has really provided a fantastic um, mm. venue for us, a, a brilliant program and, 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 and has really um, uh, you know, given us everything that we need to take back to Australia in terms of trying to prepare for catastrophic recover, uh, disasters. Uh, but also we hope that we've been able to share some of our, our experiences with California as well in how we deal with certain matters around emergency management. Absolutely. We enjoy having you here and we, we know that it's a, a shared partnership mm -hmm. and we enjoy being able to learn from you as much as you can learn from us. 
because uh, I, I, I know it happens. Uh, well, listen, John Gibbon, thank you so much, as well as uh, Wendy Graham. And then finally, last but not least, Andrew Crisp. We really appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us here, and thank you for taking the time to come halfway around the world and uh, talk to our leadership and uh, share your experiences with us as well. Thank, thank you. you so much. All right. My pleasure. All right. If you'd like to get more information on our guests, go to oesnews.com, click on the podcast tab, and then find this episode. We'll have their bios, as well as links and other notes, photos, and multimedia. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We'd love for you to subscribe to All Hazards on your favorite podcast platform. And if you have any questions or ideas or concerns or comments, send them to me via email to questions at caloes.ca.gov. For everyone in the Cal OES Office of Public Information, I'm Sean Boyd. Take care and be safe. You've been listening to the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes along with show notes and links. And give us a social shout out. Tell others about us on Twitter and Facebook. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.